all you movie junkies and cinephiles, it's time for the SLS Cast with your hosts, Matt and Tim. And welcome, one and all, to episode 338 of the SLS cast. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is the World War II Red Army Rifle Division of the SLS cast, because it turns out that back in 1941, September of 1941, there was a standard Red Army Rifle Division created at Penza. That rifle division the 338th. And with that wonderful little bit of Russian Rifle Division knowledge, I, of course, am Matt. And coming to us all the way from not sunny California would be our Canadian version of Tim. You don't know what to say right now, do you? (laughs) I don't know how we're supposed to do this. This is usually where you would jump in and say what you normally say, but you're not who you used to be anymore. Yeah, no, I I am the artist formerly known as Johnny White Trash. I'm now Blaine. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) <laughs> like, just plain. I that's just, been the biggest. Just plain pro- smart this yeah, time. Yeah, You're just plain smart. Just plain smart. Yeah, yeah. That's been the biggest <laughs> problem with the transition. Is like I'm like okay, I know what to say now, but I don't say that anymore. <laughs> yeah. It, it it does it does make catchphrases uh, a little bit more of a sticking point, as it were. True. True. <sighs> so how the hell are you, sir? Um. Well, other than the. The vaping accident I told you about before we recorded. Uh, I'm doing okay. I'm doing good. Right on. I too am doing pretty well. All things considered, we haven't, we haven't met in this form or fashion since September of last year, where I think we were trying to put some distance between the recordings again even though we said we weren't going to do that we went like three months then nine months then a year then three months and it was kind of funky so that's that johnny white trash guy you can never count on him me on the other (laughs) hand me on the other hand you can count on me okay outstanding oh that is amazing so for those of you who may not understand why we have blaine filling in for tim it is because technically technically Nobody is here. Is any of us really here? Who knows? Are any of us truly in existence? No, this is not an existential thing. It turns out that, uh, well, we had to make some plans so that Tim could get married. And as a result, we're actually doing some pre-recording stuff. And Blaine is here to help out because we are going to, by God, we are going to get through Last Batman Standing. And that's what this is going to be, a special four-part Last Batman Standing series where we'll have our discussions with Matt and Tim. But, of course, Blaine is going to be filling in for Tim in this regard. And we are going to, by God, by the end of this series, we're going to be done. Or at least not done, but we're finally going to be caught up. Yes. We're going to be caught up because there's still... The Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie coming, and we don't know if there'll be some form or fashion of Batman in that. Right. And we have The Batman coming out next year. Right. And so there will be that, and then who knows what the hell they're going to do with the Suicide Squad sequel that's coming. Well, not just that, but aren't they doing like a a Harley spinoff or Birds of Prey, or didn't I hear something about that too? Yeah, there's a yeah, there's a yeah, there's a Harley Quinn spinoff now. So it's not like it's over, right? It won't be over. It'll just be caught up. 
Yes. Finally. Yes. And if we get yeah. really bored, we can start going through some of the animated ones. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to do that. That <laughs> that seems like a daunting task. I was going to say, I think that one is going to have to be its own spinoff of our spinoff here that we've created. It'd have to be like last animated Batman standing or something. Right, right. Um, and then and then we'd have to go through the video games because my, my favorite Batman content ever is actually still uh, the Batman Arkham Asylum and Batman Arkham City uh, video games. I, I love that world they, they created. Yes, I'm going to have to eventually play those games. Uh, they're a little out of date now. Well, the story's good. The story's good. I mean, yeah. people still play Mario Brothers, so... Fair enough. Still I, play. I still play Doom Man, that came out 25 hey, years ago. See, there you go. So... I, I played Doom that came out, what, 25, 27 years ago. Played it mm-hmm. the other day just for mm-hmm. kicks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyway, so um, I'm glad everybody's doing well. We've established that. Now you also... We also know Cat's out of the bag. And uh, Tim is in the process, if not already married, because we have plans for when this stuff is supposed to air, which is why it's episode 338. But things may change, and episodes may air out of order now. Who knows? It's like cats and dogs living together and the rest of the Bill Murray speech from Ghostbusters 2 when he's on the stand. Anyway. Yes. So, without further ado... Shall we jump right into our special discussions? I think I think that's the best option. Okay. Well then we will cue the weird announcer guy. And welcome one and all to Discussions with Matt and Tim, featuring an appearance by Blaine of Just Blaine. Here on Discussions with Matt and Tim, featuring just Blaine. Matt and Blaine will have their special four-part series that will bring the last Batman standing series up to date. And now, Discussions with Matt and Tim. Thank you. Thank you, weird announcer guy. Uh, we'll, we'll, uh have to give you a raise for that performance. You seem to be making Blaine laugh pretty, <laughs> pretty heartily there. And so I think you deserve... We'll give you a double. What's double of zero? I, 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 I don't know. I'm not good at math. Anyway, so we are doing uh, Dark Knight Rises this time around, concluding the Nolan trilogy. And just for kicks, we'll, we'll do a reminder at the end. But Here's where we stand going in so that you can know where our headspaces are at. The ranking of the Batman from top to bottom are Keaton, Bale, West, Kilmer with his asterisks, because he's got to have his asterisks according to uh, Blaine. Because he's and ugly. Finally, he's ugly. Clooney. He's the ugliest Batman. <laughs> That's fine. He might have acted um, like a Batman. He did not look like a Batman. There you go. Uh, and then, of course, now for, for suspense and reality TV purposes, uh, reality program purposes, we will be presenting these lists in reverse order at the end as we slowly rank our Dark Knight Rises film. Uh, but either way, we, so we have, uh, in a, in a fight vying for first place because one of us couldn't decide me, uh, 89, <laughs> <laughs> 89, uh, 
versus Dark Knight is still in uh, vying for first place. Second place, we have Batman Returns. Third place, Batman Begins. Fourth, uh, Batman 66. And then we have Batman Forever. And finally, the travesty known as Batman and Robin. Although, I guess if we didn't have that travesty, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now because that's what gave us the Christopher Nolan trilogy. So, you know, silver lining, right? Silver lining. Anywho, uh, so... Um, real quick, I guess let's get the business out of the way. Let us do the trailer for Dark Knight Rises. If you make yourself more than just a man, if you devote yourself to an ideal, then you become something else entirely. A legend, Mr. Wayne. A legend. We were in this together. And then you were gone. Now there's evil rising. The Batman has to come back. What if he doesn't exist anymore? He must. Excellent. All right. So now that we have gotten that little bit of business, um, we, of course, have the 2012 American British superhero film directed by Christopher Nolan, who also co-wrote the screenplay with his brother, Jonathan Nolan. And the story, of course, by um, was a collaboration there with uh, David S. Goyer. And this one, this time around, we got Christian Bale, Michael Caine, Gary Oldman, Anne Hathaway, Tom Hardy, Marion Cotillard, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Morgan Freeman. And basically, we are finally introduced to Bane, who has come, who's come to wreak havoc in Gotham. And we have, we are seven years, uh, from the end of Batman, uh, of, of the Dark Knight. And we have the Harvey Dent Act, and it's been wonderful. Crime is down. People feel better, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, they'll still be able to crack Gotham, because why not, right? We, we wouldn't have a movie otherwise. And, uh, yeah, we have the aging and reclusive. Uh, you know, Batman hasn't been seen, because clearly, if we remember at the end of Dark Knight, he he, he took the mantle of vigilanteism too far and he did that to save uh to, to save Dent's reputation and now we also have a very reclusive Bruce Wayne so that that's pretty much where we're at right and then the movie kind of carries on from there yeah so I, what do we start with are we starting with what we liked about the movie or what we didn't like about the movie Oh, let's, you know, let's get the negativity out of the way so we can build to our high points here. What, what did we not like about, what did we not like about the Dark Knight? And Halfway. Well, I, I, I. <laughs> you, you do okay. not concur? I don't know. I, I mean, I, I wasn't, um, I mean, okay. We, I, I, I said we were going to do this and we should have done this right off the bat. We need to settle the Rachel Dawes thing because okay. it was kind of a it was kind of a point of contention that we needed to settle once we had seen The Dark Knight Rises again. Okay. 
And I think we are having a discussion on Anne Hathaway based on The Dark Knight Rises on its own. Yes. Not taking into account the fact that we just came off of the stupid-ass, terrible Rachel Dawes character from The Dark Knight. Now, you're literally com- trying to compare shit to Shinola, right? So, that is... I think Anne Hathaway is a massive step up from that because as a she, love interest, sure, but no, even as a character, just even as a character, because mm-hmm. what makes her a valid love interest is that she understands what it takes to be chaotic good, which is at the end of the day what Batman is. No, I, I get it. That, I know that's what they were going for. I just, I, when I watched it, like Christian Bale, I believed he was in love with both versions of Rachel Dawes. I could, there seemed to be a chemistry there. Like it, it what's, what do you mean by both versions? Well, Rachel Dawes was played by, by the- two different actresses. Right, but the character yeah. is supposed to be the same. Right, you're right. The so character is the same. He's not in love with two versions. Right, he's and just I'm in love with. And, and I'm zooming out. I'm I'm not even talking from like a story standpoint. I'm talking more the performance standpoint of there was chemistry between Christian Bale and Katie Holmes. There there was chemistry between uh, Christian what? Bale and Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yeah, yeah, I knew she was a okay. Gyllenhaal. I can um, remember. Like, but. Okay, the scenes, I get what you're saying. At all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that makes the sense. scenes between okay. Anne Hathaway and Christian Bale was just kind of like, like I I couldn't buy in, and you know me, I, I'm rather forgiving when I watch movies, but it just seemed to just it just took me out of it. The lack of chemistry between the two of them, uh, you know, compound that with a few obligatory eye rolling lines. Like, like I get why the, oh, that's what that feels like had to be there. Um, I get why she had to say guns, you know, uh, uh, your policy on guns sucks or, or whatever. You know, I, I, I get why some of that stuff was there, but there was a, some of it that was just a little too like, eh. And so I don't know if those two didn't like each other in real life or whatever, but the, the performance of Batman and Catwoman just, it just didn't do it for me. Interesting. So I actually liked the build up to those particular scenes. Uh, I, I get that the snarkiness of the lines may not have been delivered as well as they could have been. But what I actually didn't like was their introductions, uh, because it felt to me like Anne Hathaway was kind of trying too hard to be this cynical know-it-all who thinks she has everything under control blah, 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 when she really doesn't, you know. She still doesn't understand how big of a fish she's trying to play with. Right. Okay, I I get that, I get that. It's when they finally start having to work together, despite their differences, like, you know, okay, your policy on guns sucks, you know. Yeah. Um, It's at that point that they actually do start, because neither one really has respect for the other. They think, they both think that they're the cat and the cat and mouse game at the beginning. Okay. Um, and it shows. And so it's awkward. And I think in terms of setting up an, a story arc, it's good because then you can believe the ending. I just think that 
the dialogue was wonky at the beginning. I think it's as they build up over that because they, once they respect one another, they're able to look at everything that they've done to one another. Right. And see exactly how wrong that really was. I can, I can um, see where you're coming. Like, I like. And that's yeah. where, and that's why I think it, she works as a love interest, I think is, well, uh, you know. I, Batman and Catwoman have been a thing for a long time, right? Like, in many sure. different versions. Um, if we want to draw direct parallels, the version of Michael Keaton and Michelle Pfeiffer, I enjoyed more and bought into more than, uh, this version of, of Batman and Catwoman. But, I I enjoyed the way they introduced her, like from a plot standpoint, uh, performances and, and dialogue aside, but from the actual just plot beats, I enjoyed the way they brought her in with the pearls and the fingerprints and the senator, and, and, and I loved that whole part, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then everything after that, it just kind of... Um, it. It really seemed, I remember the first time I watched it, and, I, and I've backed off on this a little bit, but I, I still kind of feel that way. The very first time I watched the movie, I was like, oh, literally Catwoman was in this movie because they, because to save Batman at the end. Like that scene where she comes in and shoots. Like that was the whole purpose of her. And I think a lot of what happened between the whole senator in a bar scene to the end kind of seemed like shit we better throw a few scenes in so that this makes sense at the end i i didn't oh i disagree i i (laughs) of course you do and i I, no and and i I mean i i can see where you're coming from that it looks contrived in order to just yes contrived that's the word i was looking for absolutely thank you certainly to just create the scenario where she's able to save method no i honestly believe that those scenes are doing two different kinds of work. They are the plot device necessary to set her up, but you've got to be able to see her in a context where she's not with uh, Batman, which is the one thing that, for example, Batman Returns, there was not a whole lot of Catwoman on her own. She was usually in some form or fashion of context with Batman, either nearby or around. And if he wasn't, then she was still directly relating with like penguin in order to set up against him anyway. Right. This was showing, this was showing Selena Kyle as a, um, as a human being with her own interests and what was going on behind her and what have you. And I think it was also necessary to show you, as an audience member that she really is very much like Bruce is. She is committed to it's her own brand of justice for her own reason. And again, it sets up the fact that there is a chaotic good. I think people misunderstand the point of chaotic chaotic. Good doesn't always mean that the chaos they cause is as a result is good. Right. And, to the trilogy as a whole's um, uh, credit, um, there are a lot of scenes that play out with the unintended consequences, like Alfred burning the letter from Rachel has the unintended consequence of making shit worse, not better. Like I, I 
I respect that they did that in the story. With what you're saying, I, I could buy in. I think I would have enjoyed... I, I just... I think the character needed a bit more development. Uh, a bit more development without Batman. Like, I, I just... I Like, they introduced her, right? She did shit on her own. And then the rest of it was uh, a little too sidekicky for me. For me. For me. And that's fair. I think yeah. that, I mean, now that's a fair uh, criticism yeah. on that regard. But I think on the whole, I think the character worked well. I think it was just kind of a, a, a rocky startup. And that mm-hmm. may very well be mm-hmm. what you're attributing it to. There might not have just been that chemistry between I, I definitely, Bale and Hathaway. Yeah. I definitely I just feel think that. I, I, I personally felt that it was more wonky writing than chemistry issues but i i definitely agree with that i definitely think there was a little bit of writing where it was like i don't know guys i don't know like dark knight uh you know not to go too far into it but dark knight almost every line seemed uh, deliberate like there for a purpose you know and i know i'm over whatever I'm, i'm giving it more credit than it deserves on that front but it felt like Everything had a purpose. And this kind of had those story beats where it's like, ah, oh, you know, for lack of a better term, those clever girl moments. It's like, ah, clever girl. Right. And <laughs> like, I, like I do like the whole bar scene where, where with the fingerprints, I'm like, ah, clever girl. I enjoy that. That's part of what makes the Batman trilogy fun. This one. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But ultimately that was, yeah, just how I felt about it. I didn't, I didn't feel the chemistry. And I think, uh, a fair bit of not a fair bit. I, I think, I think the dialogue could have been written better, but I don't like if <clears throat> I would give the, the, the dialogue a B instead of an a. Okay. Right. So I like, it, it's and not you like give a, the chemistry a C. I would give the, nah, I would though. <laughs> I would though. Right. Like it wasn't terrible. These are both talented actors. I, I, I'm, but something just didn't seem to line up upon repeated viewings. Right. This didn't, this didn't show up the first few times it was this time specifically where I'm like, you know, so, I mean, sometimes repeated viewings can make movies worse depending that, on and that is uh, sure. Because mm-hmm. you begin to notice things that you did not notice before, which yeah. is fair enough. So I will say though, that her on the motorcycle was definitely worth watching. Yes. Um, be happy to watch that again. Th- that being said, I kind of wish she had her own motorcycle. Like I, I do, I, and I like, I mean, like you steal from rich people your whole life. You don't have your own bike. Like, <laughs> and the, she was, she was stealing to pay off uh, uh, you know, some yeah, debts yeah, and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, it, yeah. Anyway. Okay. So All right. I, think um, we've, I think we've fairly yes, worked yes, through. Yes, yes. Should we, we get we into the voice next? Catwoman. To who? Should we get to the voice next? You can't. To the voice. <laughs> You got to do it. You know I have to do it. Here's yes. here's the big cup. All right, you see yes. it. There's the yes. big cup. Big cup. The big cup. Right. Here we go, folks. Let the cave begin. The one thing I noticed with this viewing, I got to say, because I rented it off Xbox because I thought it was on Netflix, and I didn't buy the 4K disc like I did with the other two, um, mainly because I just didn't. <laughs> I. You know what? I have been super duper happy with my. $30 Blu-ray package that they had at the Walmart right, when it right. came out. And it's the five-disc set. Yeah. And, uh, you know, 
No, I, I, I think it's worked great. I hear it. I hear it. I agree wholeheartedly. Track that down. You should track that down. I Forget should. your 4K crap. Just yeah. track it down. And Can't be that much now. I mean, yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. I do enjoy 4K discs. And part of the reason I stopped buying them is 4K streaming's pretty fucking close. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we're moving to a streaming world. Yada, yada, yada. Anyway, the voice I found was mixed in a little better on this version I rented off the Xbox marketplace than the theater. Like it just, it was a little quieter, you know? Cause I mean like the first thing I thought in the theater when I first saw this movie and he's just like, he's probably wondering why you'd shoot a man before throwing him out of a plane. Like I get it. Okay. All of a sudden I'm like, well, that's too loud. That's a mixing issue. I sure hope they fix that. And they didn't the whole movie, but I do have, a slight conspiracy theory on that that I, I feel like sharing. Um, Cause I heard that there was a trailer released where they did not have the voice like ADR and mixed really heavy like that. And they got a lot of complaints that people couldn't understand what Bane was saying and Christian or not Christian uh, Christopher Nolan was like, yeah, that's the point. And then I think the powers that be said, no, you got to fix the voice. You got to get him to ADR and fix it. He's like, fine. And I think that Christopher Nolan put that voice so loud and so out front as a big fuck you to everybody who didn't get his vision. I'm not saying I agree with him or it was a good idea. That's just what I think. Okay. And I'll never know. I'll never know for sure. Unless I sat down with Chris Nolan. And even then he might be in PR mode and say, no, that's not what happened. But the voice was mixed a bit better. I enjoyed the voice. Um, not, not the volume issue. Take the volume issue out of it. If it was mixed properly in the voice, uh, for some reason I enjoyed, you know, from we me both know I to, have to, to kill to you quote, to quote someone talking about reality TV girls. Um, like for me, it's just that <laughs> I feel like, all right, no, seriously. I noticed in that my- like earlier, I feel <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, in my opinion, here's here's my problem with Bane's apparatus, voice or not. It it this is the one thing that's kind of started to grind on me when I with repeated viewing. The apparatus itself doesn't quite make sense. True, um, and, and I get it. It's meant to be mysterious. It's meant to be something that's menacing and whatever doesn't matter. Um, but it's just to kind of add to this what could be under his mask kind of thing, right? Um, it's just that it if it's such an important thing, then it shouldn't be something that. Batman can, you know, break with that one little, you know, just a right. little hose that comes off the little front part of the mask there at the end. That's okay. It's easily uh, fixed. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I don't know. It, so it's really kind of wonky on me. And I, I mean, it, and, and I don't know that that's <laughs> what he necessarily would have sounded like either. For me, I think. I also think that if you are going to... It's one of the things that I think is very important when it comes to Batman. Batman, part of Batman, is the fact that 
even with the cape and the cowl, you can still see he can he is expression. He has yes. the ability to to be expressive. Yes. He is, uh, you can see the hate, you can see the anger, you can see stoicism, whatever you need to see from the mask, you can get that. You get the fear because of the costume and the get up and everything. So you, in that moment, justify the actor being there, even if you still need stunt doubles for whatever reason. Right, right, right. The reverse becomes true when you cover the most expressive part of the face, which is what they do with Tom Hardy. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not to say you can't have expressions in your eyes and stuff like that. See, and I come from the other world where the eyes to me are more expressive than than the mouth. I feel like you can read more. Technically, you still get to see Batman's eyes. So, fine. Windows to the soul. I get you there. Yeah, 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 yeah. But... I just am not as impressed with Bane strutting around, you know. Today, Gotham begins its course correction. Shoot the money, people. Uh, Right? Yeah. yeah. uh, um, (laughs) Although I... My- it made it harder. It's over repeated viewings. It's actually made it harder. The mask has made it harder to like Bane as a bad guy. And it's not a knock against Tom Hardy. No, Tom Hardy is amazing. I just think that uh, Tom think. Hardy is a beast. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. His For me, his best performance will always be Bronson. If you've never seen Bronson, you've got to. I don't think I made it to that see- one yet. Oh, my God. Oh, dude. Fair Check enough. that movie out. Fair seriously. Um, and for the women folk. For the women folk, you get to see a full stark naked Tom Hardy beefed up. Oh. Yeah. So just not for nothing, girls. Yeah. Um and guys who like to do that. Yeah. But um it, but in all seriousness, so the mask kind of wears on me because I feel like it doesn't quite work as intended as a plot device. And right. I think it and I think it takes away from Hardy's performance, almost but not quite to the point of, well, why didn't we just pull a David Prowse and have, you know, big, huge, beefy, bulky guy, like really massively beefy, bulky guy, be Bane, and then just have Tom Hardy do the voiceover for him? I, you know, I I see where you're coming from. Um, I plot wise. Uh, I think a big problem with the mask that took a few viewings to get over. Uh, Cause I'm like, I, I hate to be the, well, you know, in the comics, but in the comics, Bane has his getup and it's not just hoses in his face. It's hoses all over his body. Uh, That's correct. Yeah. Because he, um, uh, Oh, how does this work? Basically there's a product called venom that he needs to keep coursing through his veins to stay alive. And, and that's what it is. He has a tank on his back and tubes going everywhere. And he is a beast. I mean, um, the part in the theater that just made me go, ah, oh, was, was they included the pretty, you know, the massive shout out to the comic book where Bane broke the Batman's back. I enjoyed that scene probably more than I should have. But 
And, and I think it's funny that I bring up, it's like, oh man, I love how they paid tribute to the comic book. And, and I have to say it like that because there are some plots, devices, whatever you want to call it, some plot twists where it's like, fuck off. And of course I'm talking about the ending. Like I enjoyed Jason, uh, Blake, whatever is, you know, I, I enjoyed that character, but at the end where it's like, oh, my real name's Robin. I was, I was overly hard on this movie for many years because fuck off. His name is no, Robin. I, okay. And again, I think we just do not see eye to eye on this. I thought quite frankly at the time, because I didn't realize that, um, I didn't realize how strict Nolan really was when it came to his principles. And I thought he was leaving the possibility open to bring us another Gotham protector right. down the road where Joseph Gordon-Levitt could be Robin. Right. And and my frustration was um, there has or, or been. Or Nightwing yeah, or whatever. Well, then that's the thing. Like, Blake is not... Like, they could have used an actual character name. And, and, but they don't... But that's just it, though. This is also... A real world, as real world as you can make it as possible to be scenario for a Batman to exist. Right, for but, a character like but Harvey Dent was Two-Face, uh, uh, Selena Kyle was Catwoman, um, you know, Crane was the Scarecrow. Like, they had all these characters from the comic universe there, and right. then they bring in this X. Ex- because what they wanted you to do was no, it was Robin without explicitly telling you it's Robin. But that's not they Robin's. They wanted you to know It's it none of Robin. the Robins. But I... that's just it. They don't need those. They don't need any of the names. They want you to know. They wanted everybody to know this is the guy who's going to be Robin. And yet, and then you get your confirmation at the end, which I think is great because what it does is it demonstrates the value of someone like Blake as a person, as a character in and of himself, who's capable of doing things without a mask, but is also capable of becoming someone who wears a mask. And that is the beauty of it. Because at that point, now you know Gotham is left in good hands. It could be. And it will be Robin's hands. And no one has to know. And you don't have to play off the characters. Not to mention, you also have a lot of people who don't know the comic books. So it works in so many ways. Because you're not giving a dead giveaway to the people who know the characters' names. And at the same time, you're telling everybody who has read the comics the whole time... This dude's fucking Robin. This dude, this guy's gotta be Robin. This, this gotta be Robin. And then they give you the little nod at the end that says, oh yeah, no, my, my name is Robin. And then you knew. Nope, still don't like it. <laughs> you're, you're making good sorry, points. I, I hear you. I can't hear you. Through my, can't hear you through my yeah, 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 yeah. Through my headphones here. Yeah. yeah. No, I, um, I, you make, you make good points. I understand. But they're, Again, just knowing no, the lore. No I just just no. leave it at that. You make good points. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Awesome. You make good, okay, fine. I'll leave it at this. You make good points. No, I still disagree. <laughs> fine. 
Um, but yeah, no, those were and, those were. And this is why this series will never truly be done because <laughs> this '89 Dark Knight thing is going to be the kicker of all kickers. Because at the end of the day, it's like, no, you make good points. I still disagree. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. you do. I I get what you're saying. And maybe if they would have tried to introduce a different, like it was just, it was really, we're going to the well with Robin. You know what I mean? It just, it, nah, didn't do it for me. That's fine. Um, and here, but I mean, I am also the person who liked the ending better when Batman died. When all of a sudden he was alive at the end, I was like, oh, okay. I don't know why. I enjoyed the thought of a Batman dying. Like, of course they're not going to do that. Of course they're not. It's a metaphorical death, dumbass. Nah. He has to die. That was the whole point. Was Bruce... Ha- if there was one thing that you can credit, at least one fucking thing that you can credit <laughs> Rachel with. One. Just one. I'll give the fucking character this much. <laughs> Bruce had to be willing to let go. See, and, and I've always for that to happen, Batman has to die. So you think that Batman is the persona and Bruce Wayne is the real person? No, I don't agree with that. Okay, okay, I don't agree with her on that because that was her cop out in the second movie, right? Because her cop out in the first movie is you're not willing to let go, and then when he is willing to let go, but you, but you did it the wrong way. No, fuck that. No, that that's where Rachel falls the fuck apart. Oh no, she the she's a terrible she person. Was, she's a terrible person. She is a terrible person. She's a horrible person and a terrible. But people love like that exist. Was, and she's played by a bad actress in the second movie. No, I take that back. That's not fair to Gyllenhaal. She's a good actress. It's just I didn't. I just didn't like her. Anyway, um, the one thing she was right about was that Bruce had to be able to let go, truly let go, and he, and for that to happen, he finally understood that Batman's got to die. They have to see Batman go out in a literal blaze of glory so they can see that someone is truly willing to die for the soul of a city. And that's what he did. And it also works because he does it in such a fashion. He does it in such a fashion that he can go and just be himself. Uh, He also gets to release the mantra of Bruce Wayne at the same time. But he gets ah. to still be him. He still gets to still be him. You know, the Bruce Wayne dying part, that, that makes a lot more sense. Because, yeah, he's just going to go be a normal dude. Because Bruce Wayne was as much of a... was an. I thought Bruce Wayne was the act. Batman was his true self. And, yeah, no, sh- fuck you. You gave me something to think about. God damn it. I still liked it better when he died, but I like dark endings. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, the the ability to leave the Bruce Wayne thing behind definitely huh. Okay. I, which is why which is why he doesn't tell Alfred. Well, yeah, Let's but see. he goes no, to no, that. No, no, no. That that's the whole key. It's the whole key. He lets he has to be able to let go. For him to let go, Batman has to die. It allows him to walk away from Bruce Wayne. But it allows everyone to walk away from Bruce Wayne. 
which is why he doesn't tell Alfred and lets him grieve for him, but then appears at the cafe. As as previously foreshadowed in the movie, yada, yada, yada. And he didn't do, no, he didn't do that. He did that for Alfred Mm -hmm. to make, to yeah, he did that not to Alfred because there are people who were like, Man, if I was Alfred, I'd be throwing tables, crying. What the fuck did you do that to me for, you son of a bitch? No, well, that's the whole. I mean, that's the whole gig. Right and there, and it gave that- it gave Alfred an opportunity to forgive himself because the whole like like there was tremendous guilt. Of course, there True. was. You know, your decisions of of giving him the letter, not giving him the letter, yada yada yada. Your decisions led to. Uh, again, so, unintended so consequences, it, and, and that's fair. So the question then just simply becomes, it's not that, I don't think he was wrong to not give him the letter. I think he was wrong to burn the letter. I I think he had the best of intentions. Well, sure. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Right. And, and at the time, right, like right away, it would have destroyed Bruce Batman whichever right. which is yeah. why I which is why I say not burn the letter but just withhold the letter for a little while. Yeah. Know? So, okay. So, all right, we've gone through the voice, we've yep. gone through the mask, we've gone through Selena Kyle, we've gone through Yeah. Uh, is, there, is there anything else that you didn't like about the movie? No, th- those were my main concerns. It, okay. Um, and I did honestly, notice I can agree with yep. those concerns. The only um my and my biggest problem with the movie i think um what what like i said really comes down to the issues with bane but um the only other thing i didn't like was i felt that the the pit did not did not meet the expectation of providing enough of a challenge for, for I mean, because it's it's obvious that people have escaped because Bane's out because um, what's her butt Miranda's out and stuff like that. So plot twist: Bane didn't escape. <laughs> I guess not. I don't. I mean, but yeah. So I don't know. I felt like I, I felt like the whole pit was just a little bit too much. Try hard. I think it was just a little too try-hard. Um, you know, whatever. It's fine. It works at the end. But I, I would have I liked it, to have seen I, I, some other kind of hole, I guess. Okay, I, I see what you're saying. Because like, it, it, it did need the uh, metaphor, if you will, of Batman being completely broken and rebuilt. Like, like that, for lack of a better term, hitting rock bottom. Right? <laughs> sure. And, and then the whole, uh, you know, you're never going to do it if you use the rope. You know, that, that's kind of a, uh, almost a cliched metaphor in a way. Mm-hmm. Right? But I, I, I could see why you'd have a problem with that. I just didn't. But now I'm probably going to watch it with different eyes. He goes, yeah, Matt was right. This fucking pit is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, no, it's not. I don't know. I just felt like. I think they needed something, a different conveyance is right. all. I, I, well, I, I get all the, the metaphors were needed, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, to help mm-hmm. reestablish him and hitting the rock bottom. I mean, you know, I get that's what they're trying to do. I just felt like the pit, it was, um, I don't know, maybe because it's supposed to be 
the 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 metaphor for like the well he fell down when he was a kid i don't i don't know um but sure yeah okay. did they anyway did they use the line why do we what? fall down so we could pick ourselves oh, back up? I don't know. I think they might have had some of that in his dream, in his fever dream. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you know, whatever. Yeah. One rescues. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. I guess maybe the, I guess maybe that's what the pit's for is some kind of parallel to that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I just, something else would have been better, I think. Um, but I, I guess since I don't have a better idea right off, <laughs> then it is what it is. Well, I, so, I do think the, the, benef- the movie could benefit from... Uh, I don't know, an extra 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Like, I don't know. I know it's already a long movie, but I, it is. I feel like 165 cer- minutes. Yeah. But I feel like there's certain plot points that were just, just rushed a little that could have been fleshed out a little bit. And I think my problem with Selena Kyle was that I felt like that wasn't fleshed out quite enough. I, I think, you know, and I don't. I'm not a movie director. I'm not a movie writer. I could be way off. Maybe there's an extended cut that exists. And they're like, no, we had to cut it down to this much. Otherwise, it dragged on too long. I don't know. Sure. But I am the guy who likes the four-hour cut of Watchmen. So <laughs> long movies don't scare I finally, me. I, yeah, I finally watched the director's cut um, last year. The director's cut the or line. the ultimate cut? I, I don't know. Is there a dip? I don't know. It, it was like three or four hours long. Was so. there a car? Was there a cartoon pirate section? I think so. I, I'd have to pull. I have it somewhere. I have to go and pull yeah. it out. I, it was for my. It, I got it as a birthday present. Mm-hmm. Uh, a year late, but I got it as a birthday. Yeah, present. fair enough. Fair yes, enough. Fair enough. There's a, there's a story behind that. Anyway, so okay, well, cool. So then, um, wh- what do we like? What do we what do we um, like about this movie? I I I I enjoyed the plot overall. The um, you know, not just an attack on Batman, but an attack on Batman and Bruce, you know, financially ruin him, take away that, take away his toys, take away, like, I, I, I enjoyed, you know, that, uh, aspect of, of Bane specifically going after, uh, uh, Bruce and Batman, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought some of the plot things were cool. I thought the the Wall Street thing was cool. You know what I mean? I thought uh, there was just i I'm trying to think of other specific examples. There was just some shit I thought was cool. Um, I agree with the Wall Street aspect of it. And I, what I actually liked was, I think what I liked most of all was the kangaroo court. Yes. I, I truly believe that it showcases the fantasy of really being taking that, you know, the 1%, whatever, Mm. and holding them accountable. And I think that's also something that is really important to remember is that this movie came out in 2012 and uh, Occupy Wall Street, uh, while not as much of a thing anymore, was still a presence in a lot of people's minds. And and, um that was very prescient, I think, for someone to, for someone like Nolan to work that in. And I think it's that fantasy of really being able to hold the 1% accountable right. at the same time contrasted with the reality of what would happen if you actually stripped well, away. And not just that, but I, I think it's like the fantasy of holding the 1% accountable and also realizing that it's bad people that did that. 
Right. Right. Because I mean, like a lot of people are like, wow, the 1%, they should just redistribute the wealth. And it's like, it doesn't work that way. Um, because like <laughs> the court in many ways, I think was like kind of also a modern day metaphor for like, uh, you know, Marxist Russia where like, if you do, I've only done a little research. I've only heard a little bit about it, but it was fucking brutal. Yo, they were literally killing people for being too successful. It's like, oh, you mm-hmm. you worked your way up, you're dead, right? And- oh yeah, the the purges were ridiculous. Um, the and the and the best part was is that um, when the actual revolution occurred, um, they were literally just given the keys. Like the government had actually gone up against. Oh God, I can't even think of his name. What the uh, Lenin? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lenin? I think it was Lenin. So Lenin um, or Stalin? I can never remember which one. Because well, Lenin not... was first. Okay, right. Let me share yeah. here. Um, because uh, yeah, Vladimir, yeah, Vladimir Lenin. So he had actually gone and tried to take over the government once before, and they literally laughed him out of the building. I mean, it took like two guys to get him and his cohorts out of the building. The second time. And the, the actual glorious revolution. Um, they literally said, you know what? You think you can do a better job? Here, go ahead. And so he was literally just kind of given the keys. And the cannon fire and stuff was symbolic. Because yeah. most people were like, huh? Did the government just change? Oh, okay. No, um, no, 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 and no. then from there, when they realized how hard it was... That was when they're like, oh, well, then we just have to make them do what we're going to do and right. so on and so forth. Purges began. Which is, I mean, so. kind of, you can draw the parallels between Bain and Stalin. I mean, I know, or Lenin, Stalin, whoever. Oh, like, Stalin I know, is, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. It goes to Stalin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I know that's a stretch. I, I, You know, don't get me wrong. I know it's a stretch. But there was that moment of if you, it, it was... <clears throat> replacing a, a a bad system with another bad system. Like, you know, you, you still had a ruler, just right. this one fucked with you. Um, what else did you like? I, because we're, we're almost out of time. I know, I know, I know. Uh, generally speaking, I just, I liked the plot. I liked the, you know, clever girl moments. Um, I enjoyed some of the metaphors. I The thing I liked about the pit was more the speech about hope, how it's not a real prison unless you offer the hope of hey you want out all you gotta do is that you know what i mean uh i i enjoyed the hope bits of it and my favorite line my favorite bane line is probably we both know i'm going to kill you you'll just have to imagine the fire i don't know why it makes me laugh every time i enjoy (laughs) it um Bane's one-liners I thought were great. Um, everybody else's one-liners I thought were subpar. Uh, compared to some of the what we've seen in the trilogy. Uh, one more thing. I did enjoy um, how this was, to me, more of a direct sequel to the events of Batman Begins. And how that all tied together. And in many ways, if you saw this movie and you saw uh, Batman Begins, you never saw Dark Knight you could still follow the plot. There'd be some things that have to be explained to you, like the whole Harvey Dent thing. But I, I right. did enjoy the, the themes of the Rasha ghoul. Blah, 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 blah. Very cool. And I definitely would say that this was a solid 
trilogy closer. Yeah. Uh, for sure. And it really does create a beautiful self-contained story. And they did Which leave then, a possibility for a movie I wouldn't want to see, but they did leave a possibility for another. And they did. I was very, I was very pleased myself. Even walking out of the theater as a comic book nerd myself, I was like, wow, what a great ending. I loved how they did that. So turn the movie off five minutes early and it's even better. Anyway, for me, for me, for me. <laughs> uh, let's watch that nuclear flash go off over the, over the lake. Roll credits. No, no, right. the gravesite, the gravesite. Oh, yeah, yeah you got to see the graves. Anyway, I know I'm getting to whatever. Sorry. All right. So now that we've concluded our trilogy, does Clooney stay in the bottom spot? Yep. And I suppose Kilmer maintains his trepidatious position. Yep. With his asterisks, right? And then... um West still maintains spot number three. I'm almost willing to bump him up. I I love Christian Bale as an actor. He's done a lot of good things. But after repeated viewings of the entire trilogy, I just, I don't think he was that good of a Batman. I'm, I... I don't know I if he was bad enough. I, I don't know if he's bad you, enough to bump up I know, West. Except I know what I, I know what we're about to get into now, and because I know what we're about to get into, I'm afraid Bale's already going to slip. So I know I know I don't he know is, that but he I to slip further. I I don't know. I mean, Adam West he he what Adam West was the proper Batman he tried to be, and I think where I'm docking Christian Bale points is I don't think he was the proper Batman he tried to be. I, I think on the whole, I have to disagree with you. All right, fair enough. You you can so. see how married I am to this idea of dropping him a spot, but I just I. <laughs> All right, so then, but we are we are in agreement one hundred percent that he maintains the number two spot. Yeah, oh, he's not better than Keaton. Okay, thank you. All right, I'm just uh, making sure. All right, so Keaton maintains the top spot. All right. So, you did the honors last time. I'll do the honors this time. Is The Dark Knight Returns better than Batman and Robin? Yes. All right. Batman and Robin. Is The Dark Knight Returns better than Batman Forever? Yes. Is The Dark Knight Returns better than Batman 66? Yes. Is The Dark Knight Returns, or The Dark Knight Rises, better than Batman Returns? Yes, brother! Okay. I mean, we had to, we had to do at least one yes, brother. The fire rises! <laughs> okay, is The Dark Knight Rises better than The Dark Knight? Shouldn't there be a Batman Begins in there somewhere? Is it Batman? Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Batman Begins was. I'm sorry, I messed the read that. Okay, sorry. So we have Batman sixty six, then 
is The Dark Knight Rises better than Batman Begins? Yes. Okay, hang on. You're right that. All right. And then is The Dark Knight Rises better than Batman Returns? Yep. You, okay, we're still with Yes Brother on that. Okay. Yes, brother. <laughs> the fire okay. rises. There we go. All right. Now we're in now we're in good shape. All right. Is The Dark Knight Rises better than The Dark Knight? Nah. No. Okay, nah. So. Nah. All right. Dark. Knight. Rises. All right. And then... So we're still fighting over 89 versus Dark Knight? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I, and I so do Dark- think that would be a nice proper way to kind of conclude our little series here is the day. It's like, okay... We're hashing this out. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Okay. So there we go, folks. Two Batmans enter. Only one leaves. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So here we go. Yep. So there you have it. 89, uh, Batman 89 versus the Dark Knight. Uh, Still vying for first place. In second place, we have The Dark Knight Rises. Third place, we have Batman Returns. Fourth place, we have Batman Begins. Fifth place, we have Batman 66. Uh, sixth place, we have Batman Forever. And seventh place, we have Batman and Robin. All right. So we did it. I, I, I'm feeling good about it. Ah. And uh, on our uh, um, the next time we do this, we enter the 2010s fully. With uh, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Now, are we doing the original or the extended? I'm going to have to say we've got to do the better of the two. I think it's only fair if we're going to properly judge it, we must do the R-rated extended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Okay. If we have time, I might watch both anyway, just because. But oh, I don't know. I can put myself through that. <laughs> I know. I, I got to be honest with you. I can't put myself through that. Yeah. So, all right, cool. Well, then uh, let's uh, bring back the uh, weird announcer guy right quick. And thank you for listening to discussions with Matt and Tim, with Blaine filling in for Tim so that they could do their discussion of The Dark Knight Rises, closing out the Christopher Nolan trilogy for Last Batman Standing. The next time there will be a special discussions with Matt and Tim featuring Blaine will probably be the next episode where they continue on the Last Batman Standing series to discuss the extended cut of Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. Thank you again for listening to Discussions with Matt and Tim. Yes, yeah. yes, that's right, folks. You heard it. You heard it from the strange, weird deli- uh, uh, announcer dude. Uh, the next episode will just be our continuing series here, our four-part continuing series, uh, or part two of our four-part continuing series of catching up. Last Batman Standing. So, Blaine, is there uh, anywhere that people can find you? Anything you'd like to plug? Uh... <laughs> You've got, I, you've got a hot sauce. You could yeah, I, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, blainsworld.store. There I, you go. I make hot sauce. Although the That's... site is currently down because I'm I'm having website trouble on a whole. Long story. Don't want to get into it. But I will say this much. If you talk to tech support, you kind of want them to fix the problem, not sell you a way to fix the problem. 
Okay. Moving on. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. And without further ado, it is now time for the spiel, and here we go. The music you've been listening to, as always, has been brought to us by our music partners, Cries of Solace. You can check them out at ReverbNation.com and Facebook.com, both slash Cries of Solace. As for us, we are, of course, the SLS cast, and you can find us at slscast.com. You can send us an email to the show at slscast.com. Follow us on Twitter at the SLScast. You can follow me, this is Matt, on Twitter at nicktwit12345. You can, of course, come aboard that information superhighway and track down Tim on Twitter, if that's your heart's desire. As always, you can track us down on the old iTunes and the old Stitcher and the old SoundCloud and other podcast directories. If you'd like to support the show, please do so by going over to patreon.com and checking us out there. And so until next week, this is Matt saying that thanks to Christian Bale, I get to say this. I have a fear of being one. Congrats, Tim. Now you get to be happy like the rest of us. Thanks again for listening to the SLS Cast with your hosts, Matt and Tim. You can find us over at slscast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at the SLS Cast. You can send us an email to the show at slscast.com. And of course, you can always subscribe to us on iTunes and or favorite us on Stitcher Radio. Thanks again for listening.